Thank you, Pastor Randy. It's been a, it's been a uh, great week, hasn't it, already? How many of you are singing the song that I'm singing? Raindrops keep falling on my head. I mean, it's just day after day and throughout the entire day. But how many of you are going to keep praying, God, send the rain? Lord, keep raining. If you're raining on us, send the rain. It's hard to believe that uh, uh, six years, six years, uh, September uh, is my anniversary of joining the team here uh, at Victory Church right around the corner. Uh, prior, prior to uh, joining the team, uh, I had the uh, privilege of working for a very large uh, uh, a large bank for uh, for several years, and uh, one of the one of the things that they always um, really kind of uh, wanted to happen and would coach us to is to hey what is the one thing what is one thing that you're going to do uh, to make today a success, and so that that was one thing. How many of you are okay? I can I can work with one thing each day, and and of course at the end of the day there was always the kind of the assessment of what that day. Um, looked like and said, okay, <clears throat> what was the one opportunity? If you look back on your day, what was the one opportunity uh, that you said, man, I really, I could have really fine-tuned uh, around that opportunity. I, I like that idea that they really said, hey, what is one thing that you can do? And then at the end of the day, what is one thing that you, you, you could have done better? Uh, where was that opportunity at? I think as followers of Christ that when we uh, walk onto the campus, um, whether it be on Sunday morning or Sunday night uh, or Wednesday night to where we walk onto this campus, we say, okay, God, what is, what is one thing, Lord, that you want to do in my life? What, what is one area that I really need to address in my life? And, and that's the idea uh, that I want to kind of harness tonight is to say, okay, what is one, what is one thing that we can do uh, tonight to really kind of continue to strengthen our faith, grow in our faith, become obedient followers of Christ. Uh, and tonight for me, I, I really want to drive our focus to, to one thing, and it's on the, uh, the big screen, and that is that godly, godly wisdom is the best, best decision. That's the, the one thing that I want to really drive home tonight and something that I want us to continue to focus on in the days to come is that godly wisdom is the, is the best decision. I can tell you that, man, regardless of the struggle, regardless of the circumstance, when we begin to make decisions, whether we've created the struggle ourselves or we were thrown into the struggle, it is a challenge it is a challenge to make sure that, man, we're using godly wisdom when we're making our choices and decisions and preparing for this message. Uh, you know, really, I had my outline already together for uh, over the last week, but then all of a sudden, uh, man, it just kind of flies into my face some news that uh, is out there uh, on the web. And just as a, as a Gator fan, I, I want to kind of throw something on the screen if you guys can do that for me. Uh, as we get ready to go into the, the message here, it's a statement from, uh, from Coach Dan Mullen. And Dan Mullen is making the statement. It says, every day we talk about decision-making, how that decision is going to affect you, how it affects your teammates, how does it affect your family, how does it affect your, our football program. And so, Coach Dan Mullen, I'm, I'm a Florida Gator. I, I don't know if there are any other Florida Gators in here, but this was a statement that was just, just given, given yesterday, and it's a response to a young man who made, who made some, uh, some just 
critical, critical decisions that will impact his life for years to come, this is the statement that coach is making. Hey, we coach to that every day. We talk about what the decisions that you make, what's the impact that it's going to have on your life? How's that going to impact your family? How's that going to impact our football program? We live there too. I live there. I can tell you that now that I'm in my um, mid-40s, uh, over the years, I've, I have struggled with making, making decisions. I've struggled with making the right decision. I can tell you that early on as a young adult, uh, as a young adult, I made some just boneheaded decisions. There's no other way to call it but just boneheaded decisions in my own life. Uh, I, I can tell you that there's one uh, that I made in um, early on in my early 20s. Uh, I really uh, wanted to drive a, a Nissan Maxima. At that time, that car was just, uh, in my opinion, was just a great car. It still is. It's a beautiful, beautiful vehicle. Uh, but at that time, I was young. I was in my early 20s, just barely, barely making uh, a little bit over minimum wage. And I thought that it was a good idea that I go down and get this car fully, fully loaded. Uh, the, the sunroof was there, all of the bells and whistles. Uh, and of course, uh, the bank said yes. So if the, if the bank said yes, then surely that means that that's a, a good decision. And I, I can tell you that for the first probably 30 days of, of driving that car, I looked good. I felt good uh, in the car. But how many of you know what happened about 30 days after the purchase? It was the first payment. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That first payment that came in, and I know that the banker kind of went over the details with me in the fine print and said, hey, here's what you owe, here's your... And I wasn't listening to any of that. All I, all I could see was myself in that car. Well, I can tell you that that one decision... The, that one decision, how did that impact as a young married man, a young father who's just still trying to find his way, his path in life, the, that decision, the impact that it made on my marriage? I can tell you the impact, and, and my wife's shaking her head, yes, yeah, she's sitting down here now, the impact that it made on my marriage, the, the impact that it made on our budget, and, and we relive that. I relive that just month after month after month when the car payment was due. It was always there staring me in the face, and, and I can tell you that the struggle, the struggle was real. I, I can tell you that. Uh, and then as we continue to move forward in, in my life, uh, you know, at around 30 years of age, Kelly and I made a decision that, hey, we're, we're doing well now. Some years have passed, and we have a little bit of money that we've set aside, that we've saved. And what do we think about opening up our own business? And so we did that, and we put together what we thought was the best business plan that we could have. And uh, it really came time. It was the day to go and sign uh, signed the lease on the, on the building that we would occupy. And in, in our mind, we're saying, man, we've got plenty of room to grow. Uh, but yet the payment was, was more than what we had said, hey, we're comfortable with making. Uh, but man, we can just make it stretch and we'll make it happen. But by this time, we had learned to kind of put the brakes on and we said, okay, God, Something's just not right here. Something's not, not, something just doesn't feel right. I need God. I need God. I need you to speak to me. And I mean, I'm just hours away. We had already walked through uh, the office building. And I said, God, I need to hear from you now. The, the deadline is now. And I can tell you that whenever I prayed that prayer, 
that just out of, a bl- out of the blue, another business owner calls me and says, hey, I just want to hear that you're, you're launching your business, and I, d- I don't know if you've really found a place to occupy yet, but I've got space that I'm trying to lease out in my own building, and, and of course, I'm, I'm listening now. You know, I prayed, and I said, okay, okay, all right. And, of course, the question you get to, well, what, what are you thinking? And I can tell you that the, the number that he gave to me was a fraction of what we had determined that we were comfortable with making. And I got so much more. But because I stopped and I said, okay, God, speak to me. Godly wisdom is the best decision. I, I have to believe that some of you in this room tonight have even struggled with making decisions. I can't, I can't imagine what a single parent must go through whenever one little incident that takes place, one unexpected health care bill comes in, and how that must impact their decision-making. As a single parent and saying, as a mom, I know that I'm parenting and I'm doing my best right now, but if, if the father were still here, he would be able to manage this situation so much better. The, ver- the, the, the verse of that is if, if it's the dad and he's looking and saying, I'm trying to be my, uh, the best parent that I can, but I know that if my wife was still here, that she would be able to handle it so much better. And I, I think of the room and, and knowing that our church is a, a multi-generational church to know that we have retirees that worship with us. We have young families that worship with us. And the retirees, whenever you step back and say, okay, did I work long enough? Did I save enough? And then something unfortunate happens to where now you become a widow or a widower and you, you begin to look at that bottom line and you say, man, how will, how will, I, make, how will I make things happen? As, as a business owner, whenever you say, man, things are thriving right now. I'm doing well and and God, you, you're, you're blessing right now, but do I, do I grow my business? Do I continue to build and add and, and the hiring that takes place and then the firing that takes place and making sure that right person is on my team and the chemistry? And I know that the salesperson said that this piece of equipment will allow me to be more efficient, that will make more sales and will do better. All of those questions, all of those decisions... And we go back to say, okay, man, godly wisdom is the best decision regardless of where we're at in life. I've got good news for you tonight. I can tell you that we're not the first people to ever struggle with the process of making decisions. That even in Jesus' day, people were struggling. As a matter of fact, if you will, turn with me to James chapter 1. Verse 5, and it's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And so I thought that, hey, if it's one of my favorite passages of the Bible, and God uses this to really drive my life, why not let's create a message? Why not let's create a message tonight that we can all, regardless of where you're at in your path and your walk with as a follower of Christ, James chapter 1, verse 5. And I love where James starts off in verse 5, and he says that if any of you, if any of you, who is... Who is James? Who is, who is James speaking to? Well, we know that James is what? He's the brother of Jesus, right? 
We know that, uh, yeah, that he was there whenever, whenever Jesus was crucified. He was there with Mary. I can tell you that if you're a follower of Christ, you know who James is, but there may be someone here tonight that you, you don't know who James is or who I'm, whoever I'm referencing, but I can tell you that, that he wasn't even all in to begin with. That James didn't really get all in, in until after post-resurrection to whenever he began to see his brother make appearances after his death, his resurrection, and then James gets on, on board and he's all in. And so now he, he's the champion of the early church. He's the leader. He's the one that individuals begin to go to and say, we need guidance, we need wisdom. And so he says, if any of you, and who is he referencing when he talks about you? The 12 tribes that are scattered. Well, who are the people that, that he's talking about in the 12 tribes? The people that make up the 12 tribes are the, the husbands, they're the wives, they're the tent makers, the carpenters, the, the metal workers are part of all the people that he's addressing from the coppersmith to the silversmith to the goldsmith to every other smith. If you're a smith, he's talking to you. Every smith, every, every poor individual, and he's talking to the persecuted. That pretty much covers everyone. He says, if any of you, and if any of you lacks wisdom, he said, if any of you lacks wisdom, not if any of you, man, if you lack resource, he's not addressing, hey, if you lack friends, if you, if you lack power or position, but he says, if you lack wisdom, that's what he's driving in, and that's what I believe tonight when we talk about, man, man, godly wisdom is the best decision. He's already addressed and said, hey, look, you're going to face trials. You're going you're to face difficult times, and when you do, if you lack wisdom, simply what? He said, you should ask who? You should ask who? Come on now. It's Wednesday, but you should ask Who? You should ask God. I don't know about you, but whenever things become challenging and difficult, I'm, 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 I jump down at the computer and I begin to Google. Auto mechanic Lakeland. Man, pest control Lakeland. Counselor Lakeland. He said, man, you should ask God, should I? I asked my financial planner. Man, in our church we have an incredible business community, great professionals, financial planners, absolutely. Man, my spouse, I'm still working on that. I'm still working on that. When Kelly's, Kelly's in agreement, yeah, go, go, go to my spouse, that's absolutely right. Go to an attorney, man, do I need, do I need wisdom? Do I need counsel? Go to an attorney. If the, if the situa situation's right, abs absolutely. But that's not what James says. James says that if you lack wisdom, that you go to God. You should ask God. And I believe that when we start there, with the, with the knowledge and the understanding that we are spirit-led people, how many of you know that God will direct our footsteps? And he can speak to us directly, or he can choose, and if he opts to speak to us through an attorney, he can choose to speak through us through that counselor, whoever it might be, but yet we start, our first conversation is, God, if any of you lacks wisdom, 
Let him ask of God. And then he says what? If you ask God who, what, gives generously. Is that right? Who gives generously? I, I can tell you that one of my favorite, favorite meals, and I've got a lot of them. i got a lot of them. But one of my favorite meals, and I don't know about you, but how many of you are just good old red meat steak? Put the steak in front of me. Just raise your hand. Red meat. How, how many of you are just healthy? You like fish. You say, give me the fish. I see you. But red, we're going red meat because that's one of my favorite meals. I, I can remember, uh, man, several years ago, I'm at this restaurant, fine restaurant, and I'm, I'm really, I've got, I've got a hunger for steak, for red meat that night. And so I placed the order, and, and I'm reading the description, and it looks amazing, like it's going to be so tasteful, so, del- so delicious. And, and I look over at the price, and I'm, I'm thinking, man, this has got to be one incredible, incredible steak dinner. And I can tell you, I think we've got a picture on the screen and what that looked like. That was my steak dinner. There's nothing about that plate that says generous at all, does it? I mean, when you bring three, three pieces of meat out and you've got a little smattering of mashed potatoes and all of the frou-frou on top of it and they say, that, that's your steak. How many of you know that I was just simply disappointed with that? I mean, when, when you talk about generous, and I'm talking about a 32-ounce tomahawk ribeye steak seasoned well, I got to tell you, that's, that's what I'm talking about when I say generous. How many of you are all in for the tomahawk ribeye? Come on, get your hands up. I've never seen so many hands lifted in church in my life. Come on now. Just kidding. That tomahawk. But I got to tell you, James is writing that even in my own definition of what generous looks like, it pales into comparison when he's talking about God and the generosity of God, that whenever God talks about generosity, he talks about, you want some steak? I've got a hill. As a matter of fact, I've got cattle on how many? On a thousand hills. That's the God that we serve. And when James is writing, he says, man, God will give you the wisdom and he will be generous. He will be generous and he will pour it out on you so that whenever you can say, man, God, you know, the difficulty, the challenge that I'm facing right now, godly wisdom is the best decision. God, pour down on me. You can hold your hands out and know that God is about to send a wave of wisdom to your way. And to say that once again, he picks up and he says generously, man, I give it to all. And that's you that's in the house tonight. That's the husband, the wife, man, the person that's retired, that single parent, that business owner. James is writing to the early church, but how many of you know that God's word is still true and relevant for us today in the house, amen? So whenever James is writing that he gives generously to all, we can rejoice and to know that we're included in what James is writing and communicating, that generously to all. And I love where he continues on with that, with that theme, and he says not only to all, but then he says what? I will give it without finding fault. Finding, without finding fault. And I love that because that means that we can go over 
and over and over and over and over and over again. Even, even if we fell into a situation yesterday and we said, God, I completely missed it. I never sought your counsel at all. James is telling us that even today that we can go and say, okay, God, I need your wisdom today. I need some direction in order to clean up the mess that I created. Father, will you come and will you give me wisdom? And he says, yes, you can go and ask for it over and over and over again. Kelly and I are grandparents. We'll be grandparents again somewhere in, in October. And so Friday night we had Colby uh, with us, my grandson. He's four years old. And somewhere around 8.30, 8.45, he came and he said, Paul, Paul, can I have an icy? Can I have an icy? And of course, I'm looking and it's 8.45 and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can, you can have an have an icy. And of course, he knows the routine. He knows where all the goods are at. He knows where Nani has stored everything. And so he knows to go to the bottom freezer and he picks out his favorite color of the icy. And of course, we take it and we, we snip the little top off. You know what I'm talking about, the icy. And, and of course, we have to wrap it with a paper towel because he's holding it and it gets cold. But we've taught him how to hold it and we're, we're teaching him how to, you got to push it up from the bottom and to work the icy up as, and, and because you you can't get it. You know what I'm talking about. You got to work that icy up. And so we say, Colby, go and sit down at the table and, and make sure that you stay there at the table because we don't want, we don't want syrup all over the carpet. Just stay at the table, Colby. And so he does his thing and he comes over and I don't know about 10 minutes later, he says, Papa, Papa, can, can I have another icy? And I'm thinking, of course you can. Of course you can have another, another icy. And so we go through the whole process and he finishes that off and we're well after nine o'clock and he, he comes a third time and I said, I'm not your mama and I'm not your daddy. If you want another icy on a Friday night, let's go get another icy. I got to tell you four ices in, he's going strong. But I love that the, the image of what James is saying, that we can go and ask for wisdom, and because we serve a generous God, that at 8.45, at 9 o'clock, at 9.15, at 9.30, today, tomorrow, and the next day, God, I need wisdom. And he doesn't question at all, does he? I need wisdom. And without finding fault, and as we finish up this one little verse and saying tonight, God, feed me. Godly wisdom is the best decision. And it says that what? And it shall be given. Without finding fault and that it shall be given, given. How many of you know that if God says it's to be so, and if God makes that promise, how many of you know that it's going to happen? Just as I'm on the phone call and I'm talking to that business owner and say, God, I need wisdom. Now I need you to speak to me now and just at the right time. An unsolicited phone call comes through. 
And God showed me, Tim, you've made a lot of errors, a lot of poor decisions. But man, I'm a God who forgives. I'm a God who forgets. Amen. How many of you are grateful that we serve that kind of God? I got to tell you that when we talk about the, the one idea of leaving the campus tonight, and say, man, man, godly wisdom is the best decision. Well, what does that, what does that look like? How do, we, how do we own that? How do we embrace that? How do we harness that when we walk out of here and know that tomorrow is Thursday and then Friday and we're holding on to it Saturday and saying, man, godly wisdom is the best decision. Well, what does that look like? Here's, here's what I'm going to challenge us to do tonight as a people group, as a congregation to say, man, let's make sure that we put it into action. What is that one thing that we can do over the next seven days that if we really believe that godly wisdom is the best decision to where we begin to run every decision past God, that we begin to filter it through him to say, okay, I'm committed for the next seven days. If we're going to apply this principle, if we're going to apply this insight and say, God, I'm going to pass, even in the small decisions, Tim, do you mean whenever I'm going through the, the, the uh, Chick-fil-A drive through or McDonald's drive through should I process that? That's a decision that I got to make. Is it number one, two, three, four? What do I make? I said, in, in, even in the smallest, let me tell you that a single parent, when they go through the drive-thru, when you take a Happy Meal and times it by three or four, and then you add on that parents, a 20 or $25 expenditure is a big deal in a single parent's household. And the idea is that if we practice that, that whenever that moment comes, Whenever the time comes that we're, we're faced with the, the big boy, the big decision, something that could rock our world or, or possibly take us to the next level, that we'll already be in the habit, we'll already be in the routine of saying, God, what is it that you have for my life? When we're making those decisions, we begin to realize that godly wisdom is the best decision. Can you think with me for just a few moments as the, the worship team gets ready to come back to the platform that what if, what if we were a congregation that embraced that godly wisdom is the best decision? What would the marriages on our campus look like as we begin to kind of do life with one another and if we own that and said, man, that, that godly wisdom is the best decision I believe that and I'm going to bring that into my marriage. What would Victory Church look like? What, what would our kids, our grandkids look like if they were able to walk into a classroom and to be able to sit down and to really to be able to study because they weren't worried about what was happening back at home because they have a home or a parent or parents that are passing through, filtering through. Man, what is it? What does it mean when we say that, man, godly wisdom is the best decision to where they can sit down in that seat and they can have full attention on that teacher? How, what would it look like here in our community that if we had administrators and teachers that begin to believe that, that godly wisdom is the best decision and they begin to seek God and, and look for wisdom from him every day. I, I got to ask, what would our nation look like? What would our nation look like if our leaders, 
nationally, at the state level, at the local level, right here in our county, right here in our city, that if they would just take time out, put the brakes on, and if they embrace the truth of, man, godly wisdom is the best decision. God, lead us as we guide and direct this nation. God, lead us and direct us as we go through this community. I can tell you that we would see a difference. We would begin to see followers of Christ live obedient lives. What a difference it would make if we all just simply said, man, I believe it. Godly wisdom is the best decision. If you'll stand with me tonight, our altar workers are coming down front. I got to believe. I got to believe with as many people that are here tonight. And some people that are watching online that aren't able to come and worship with us tonight. That over the next few minutes, just as Pastor Randy and the team leads us through a worship song, the altars, the altars are open. And if you're saying, man, I've, I'm right now, I'm in the thick of it. And I need God to speak tonight. It may be that critical. You may be that business owner and say, man, Tim, I got to tell you, business is soaring. But I need to know, is it time to move? Is it time for me to take my business, my company to the next level? I can tell you because I've experienced in my own life that whenever I call on God, I say, God, I need to hear from you. His voice is heard. He gave the answer. He guided and directed me. And I'm learning that as I ask, if I'm not hearing from God, then I just hold still. Because I know at some point, he's going to speak. Amen? So Pastor Randy, as he sings, if that's you, step out. Come. Come to the altar. Come into agreement. Say, God, speak to me tonight. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. Hallelujah. You're our living hope. Hallelujah. You are your presence. Singing, I've tasted and I've seen. Oh, Jesus. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Me in your presence, your presence, Lord. Come on, every voice tonight, let's declare it. Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood, come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. 
So every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And this is for the person that may be in the room that is yet to make the decision to be a Christ follower. Let me speak to your heart tonight. There's no greater decision, no greater choice than you can make than to ask Jesus Christ to be the ruler of your life. So I'm going to ask that everybody including that person that has yet to make that decision to pray this prayer with me. Dear God in heaven, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new creature in you. Let me know tonight that you're walking with me. Be the ruler of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you believe that God is walking with us? How many of you believe that godly wisdom is the best decision? Amen. God will guide us and direct us. All we have to have is an obedient heart and say, God, lead me, guide me. I pray that God's blessing be upon our house tonight. Go with us as we make our way back into the community. Lord, bring us back on Sunday, ready to worship you, ready to exalt you. Be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Thank you for being here tonight.